All right, let's, uh, let's do this uh, for sake of time. Uh, go, to, uh, uh, go to 1 John 5, verse 4, please. Put that on the board. Uh, we've been talking about overcomers. Look at your neighbors. I'm so glad you're an overcomer. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Everybody say, whatever. Okay. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. All right. This is your victory. This is your means uh, of success. Amen. The word Nike is that word. Uh, so this is your victory that has overcome the world. What is it? It's your faith. It's your believing. It's your reliance on God. It's your dependence on God. It's your trust in God. Amen. Amen. That's where your victory lies. And we've been, for the last several weeks, been coming at you talking about this. And so if you back up at that beginning of that verse there, it says, whatever is born of God. Now, verse 5, it says that, uh, he who overcomes the world, or who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So that says right there is part of your identity, amen, that you are an overcomer. According to 1 John 4 and verse 4, it says that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, right? Amen. But it says you are of God, little children, and you have what? Overcome them, talking about the world's pull, uh, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, say it all this, and what we've been working towards, first and foremost, you've got to receive who you are. You are an overcomer, period. No matter what it feels like, no matter what it's looked like, no matter what has been said, according to this, a part of your identity is you are an overcomer. You overcome. You are triumphant. You are victorious, praise God. You are a conqueror, praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, conqueror, go after it, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You got what it takes to do it. Amen. Back to chapter 5, verse 4, real quick, and then we're going to kick, tick, uh, click into what we got to do today. Whatever is born of God, and there's a lot of things that are born out of God, that come out of God, okay? And anything that has been birthed by God, brought out, of God has overcoming ability in it. Amen. All right. Today we're going to talk about the armor of God. Okay. Now I'm going to come at it a little bit different than normal. I suppose maybe a year, I don't know, a little over a year ago, we did a series on it. We took each piece, took a day and took each piece and kind of spent a lot of time with it today. We're going to kind of zip through it in a, in a day. And, uh, but we're going to come at it at a different angle. And so we're going to go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Now, the armor of God, everybody say, of God. The armor of God, see, it's, it's born of God. And that armor is available for you and me. Amen. But you're going to have to listen. But your victory or your means of success is in your faith. In other words, it's in your believing in what is born of God. You have to trust in that. If there's armor available, now we all have all heard a sermon or two or three or four on the armor. Right? In fact, probably most in the room, if we said, you know, what are the pieces of armament that are, that are given unto you uh, as far as the armor of God, most people in here could probably go through and quote them all. But you have to trust in that armor. You have to believe in that armor. Because it's there for a reason. You have to put 
confidence in what God has given you because there's a reason why God gave it to you. So your means of success is in you believing in that which has been born of God. All right, and today one of those things is the armor of God. So uh, Ephesians 6, let me get to it, praise God, Ephesians 6. All right, you doing okay? Now you got ears to hear today? All right, we're going to do her fast. All right. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren. So he, you know, he get the whole book of Ephesians, and then he comes to the end and basically sums up some things. He says, finally, my brethren. Hallelujah. Uh, comrades. That word brethren also means comrades. Amen. Finally, my brethren. And my, amen. Those here, hallelujah, uh, you know, my comrades. Here we go. He says what? Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered. Infused. Amen. Be influenced. Amen. Be strong. Where? In the Lord, right? And, in other words, and be strong in the power or the force, a to-be-possible force or that miracle-working power, dunamis, of His might. And that word might means the ability to accomplish anything. So He's saying, I want you, brethren, okay, you're going to have to remember now, you're going to have to be infused and empowered and influenced in God and in the power He's made available to you. That's up to you. You have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of mind. See, what happens if you're not strong in the Lord, you're going to be strong in something else. You're going to be infused, influenced, or empowered by something else. And in most cases, it's in our own abilities and our own strength, trying to work things out. Trying to carry things out. We know we got to do this and have, but, but it, things ain't moving like we thought. So we, pretty soon you're doing everything in your own power and your own ability. Before long, you're overworked. You're overstressed. You're all, all those things that begin to happen. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And so he begins to talk about the armor. He said, put on, verse 11, put on a piece of the armor. Just seeing if anybody's listening. How much? The whole armor. All of it. Because it's real tempting to leave a piece or two in the closet or something. You know? And you need every piece because every piece has, has purpose. All right? So put on. He's asking you to put this on. You have to put this on. Now, we know it's a spiritual armament. But yet it's something born of God that you got to put your confidence in. So when we know he says to put it on, then what he's telling you is this. Put your confidence in this. Trust in this. Lean on this. Let this be a part of your life. Receive this. All right? So put this on. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God. Well, why? Well, that you may be able, that you may be able. So if we don't put it on, maybe we won't be able. So that you may be able to stand, okay, to oppose, to resist against what? The wiles of the devil. I don't know if you know this, but we have an enemy. I said, I don't know if you know this, but we have an enemy. Now, a lot of people uh, don't know that. Uh, you know, Trudy talked earlier about one of the ways the enemy works is through intimidation. But, you know, another way that the enemy works, okay, is through ignorance. He count, he's counting on your ignorance. 
okay, because just the way he operates, the wiles of the devil. Now, the word wiles uh, here is methodia, okay, which we, get, we actually get our word the method, but it means, it means a road traveled. It means scheming or trickery, but it means this road traveled over and over and over and over and over again. What it means is a way, there's a method that the enemy operates, all right, so that you may be able to stand against his methods, his mode of operation. And as you, as you get into this thing, you start realizing it's, it is exactly what he says. It is a roadway that he has gained access in our lives, and he travels it over and over and over and over again in our lives against the wiles of the devil. You notice it said the devil. It's the enemy, all right? The wiles of the devil. Put uh, 2 Corinthians 2 up. Just uh, put that on and we'll come back to Ephesians 6 real quick. Uh, the word said, lest Satan should take advantage of us. How many know he's always looking for an advantage? Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not, this is Paul talking here to the church of Corinth, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Amen. So what we're doing today is trying to, amen, do whatever we can as a church to make sure you are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. The word devices here, um, let's see if I, I thought I put it down. I did. It means perceptions, deceptions, thoughts, or purposes. But it refers to the intellect or the mind. Okay, so what it says is the way the enemy operates, those wiles of the devil, those roadways that he uses is in the mind. He has no authority over you. None. The enemy has no authority over you. Do you know that even all the bad stuff that goes on, even though we know ultimately the root of it comes out of demonic influence, but he has no authority. So what he does is he manipulates with head games, mind trips, all that kind of stuff to somehow persuade or influence a people to make choices and decisions, which then turns into nothing but bad. Are you still with me? Now, are you, are you okay? Can I keep going? All right. So we do not want to be ignorant of this. Okay, he's looking for an advantage, and the only advantage that he can get is somehow jumping on a roadway in your way of thinking. And if you, if you, if, as we get into this today, we're going to see that there's all kinds of ways that the enemy jumps on in the area of our mind and dictates our life. But you got to put on the armor. I said you got to put on the armor. You got to trust in that armor. And not let the enemy have advantage or an opportunity in your life. Or to give him place in your life. Put on the armor. Look at your neighbor and say, put it on. All right, back to Ephesians 6, please. Ephesians 6, let's see, where are we on? Verse 11, were we? Okay. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And a lot of times that's what we, we start getting caught up with it. If we don't put on the armor, it isn't long. We're, that's all we're doing is fighting against flesh and blood. 
If we don't stand our ground spiritually, if we don't put on that armor, it isn't long and now you're strong in something else. You're not strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You become strong in your own might. You become more influenced and empowered by your own abilities and pretty soon all that leads to is a bunch of flesh and, and blood war. Come on, somebody. It becomes a bunch of natural carnal stuff and that's what we get caught up in and the next thing you know we got another issue we got a bunch more Ishmael's running around because we started reasoning with our own head and next thing you know we're we're, we're making choices and decisions we got no no business doing for our weapons not with flesh and blood but there is a fight okay it's against principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And all we have here is just different levels of demonic influence, different levels of demonic, uh, you, know, uh, you know, really governments of, of the demonic realm. Uh, principalities, real quick, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, principalities just means that principle basic uh, per perpetrators, okay? So it's just, you know, one brother calls it this way, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. He calls them pee-pee devils. Okay, whatever. Okay, it kind of it kind of makes sense. You sometimes we just got a lot of little pee pee devils running around, trying to make a lot of a lot of trouble. Look at your neighbors. I don't want none of them. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. Against powers. Okay, the word here uh, just means delegated influences. Okay, so now we're getting a little bit. It's it's, it's a little bit more. There's there's now uh, delegated influence demonically that's trying to uh, to rain on your parade, so to speak. All right. The next one, it talks about the rulers uh, of the darkness of this age. Uh, that's defined as, as rulers. Really, it comes down to this, rulers of the world system. See, there are systems throughout the world, and there are demonic influences over those systems. So it just gets another little bit, little bit, little bit, okay? Now, we're telling you this. Why? So you don't, you're not ignorant. We ain't gonna, you know, we ain't gonna go around and make you, you know, go get all kooky and weirded out because there's, there's, there's devils out there. We're just telling you, listen, you got to understand that it's out there, and if you don't stand your ground in who you are, put on the armor, amen, and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, you're going to be, somewhere along the line, you're going to be overcome. Somewhere along the line, it's gonna, He's going to dictate, He's going to control. Listen, for whatever it's worth, you know, you let the enemy in the back seat, you get two miles down the road, he's driving. You let him in the house, pretty soon he's moving you out of the master suite, and he's taking over. That's how he operates. He's a manipulator. Uh, the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, uh, it means uh, literally spiritual depravity. But it's talking about higher places like regional things like the prince of Tyre and prince, uh, the prince of Babylon, the prince of Persia. These were all uh, different uh, higher level uh, demonic uh, things that were over regions and stuff. Okay? So, this, so anyway, we're, my message isn't all about you know, the demonic realm. My message is the fact that this demonic realm is trying to do something. On every level, it is trying to dictate and control in the area of our thinking. It's trying to get you persuaded to think this way instead of God way. Are you still hearing me? On all levels. And you just have to understand it's there. Okay, verse 13 feel like some of you got you all worked up and worried now. Look at your neighbor and say, praise God for Jesus. All right. Therefore, 
Therefore, because of all that, he didn't say, so therefore you're all in trouble and you're all going to die. No, what did he say? Therefore what? Take up the whole armor of God. Put on the armor. You won't have to, you know, this stuff won't affect you. Take the whole armor of God. Why? Well, that you may be able to withstand, resist, amen, in the evil day. And that word evil day means a day of evil influence or, or literally means a day of pressure. So here comes the enemy to try to influence or bring pressure in your life. And he says, listen, put on the whole armor and you're going to be able to resist that. You're going to be able to overcome that, praise God. And having done all to stand, verse 14, what do you do? You stand, therefore. In other words, you, this is what we do. This isn't just a one-day thing. We say, oh, praise the Lord, put the armor on, hallelujah, and you move on and never think about it again. You've got to maintain the armor because the enemy isn't going to back up when it comes time to your thought life. He's constantly trying to influence you on a daily basis. And you have to make up your mind of whether you're going to let him dictate your life, dictate your thought patterns, dictate those, those thoughts that come your way. Are you going to buy into that? Are you going to accept that? Or are you going to stand your ground against it? That was very weak. Are you going to stand your ground against it? Yeah. Am I boring you today? A little intense, I get it, but it's all right, right? This isn't lightweight. So the first thing it says is having gird your waist with truth. Now remember, it's spiritual armament, but it's something you got to put on. Why? Because here comes demonic influence. Here it comes at all levels. And if you don't put on the armor, you're not resisting. That people say, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you these kids nowadays, what, what, they, what the world come to? It's about influence, dude. You can get all mad about it all you want to. It's about influence, and they're being influenced. Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't like my generation back when I, I'll tell you one thing. Well, why is that? Well, because of influence. We lay down, we don't deal with it. And so here he comes, and he dictates a little bit of manipulating here, a thought here, a thought there, a thought here. Pretty soon you're coming under it. Instead of overcoming, we're going under. I'm a real intense today, ain't I? Am I okay? Man, it's just going fast. Maybe that's what it is. Talking too fast? No, you're all right. All right. All right, well. Look at your neighbor and say, put on the armor. Okay, gird your waist with truth. Hallelujah. Put it on. All right? The waist with truth, all right? Now, there's a lot, lot said in that statement, but the word truth is the key word here, of course. So put on the bell of truth, right? A lot of times we call it the bell of truth. A lot of times, you know, I've heard people over the, over the years talk about, well, talking about the Word of God because, you know, it says that the, His Word is truth, but it's not talking about the Word of God, okay? It's talking about literally to be true or integrity of character, okay? It means, it means no facade, okay? It means to be real, genuine, sincere, without anything hidden because anytime there's things hidden, Okay, you're automatically a target because if you, if you live in facade, okay, then you're already playing on his team because he's the father of all lies. So the first thing that's got to happen is you're going to have to get real with yourself a little bit. All right? And that's the first piece. It's amazing that it's the first piece too. But really, once you start understanding the power of putting on the belt of truth, you understand how it affects all the rest of the pieces. All right? So truth, 
put on the belt of truth. All right? Uh, so we, you know, you think about, okay, here comes the thoughts, here comes all that's happening. And so uh, this is what the Spirit of God told me this morning about 3 in the morning. And um, there is in our life, uh, as, as we grow in God, there is this timeline of, of, of spiritual maturity, spiritual development, okay, for every believer. And all of us are on this thing, whether you know it or not, because you made Jesus Lord of your life. Now, now praise the Lord. The Lord accepted you right where you were at. He didn't expect you to, to get all cleaned up before you came into the kingdom. He says, hey, just come into the kingdom. Let's, we'll talk about that cleaning up stuff later. So he accepted you as you were. But nowhere in that book does it say he's going to leave you where you're at. So there's always a place that God is calling us higher, moving us forward. There needs to be growth. There needs to be development. There needs to be a mind renewal. There needs to be a transformation. There needs to be energizing and empowerment. There needs to be all this happening in our life on a daily basis. Can I hear a bigger amen than I'm hearing? All right. Now, on this line, a lot of times, it, the temptation, here comes the thoughts. The temptation is, as a believer, that I'm not where I really need to be right now. Okay? And so here comes the thoughts. Well, um, you know, how about if I just, I, I want to be like that guy up there. So we just jump up on the timeline and say, this is where I'm going to be. Because I want to be like this guy. Come on. Or I want to be the boss or something. I don't know whatever the thought is. But the bottom line is we have a tendency then. See, the only way then that you can be up here is there's got to be some form of facade. Because you skipped a whole bunch of things you need to work on. And you're convincing everybody around you you've already worked on them and you're already there. And you ain't. And so you're up here trying to be this person. And listen, listen. And it really comes down to this, comparison. Put, uh, uh, is, it, uh, is it 2 Corinthians? Uh, what's the reference I gave you up there? Uh, yeah, 10, there. there it is, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So what happens is the thoughts come, well, man, I, I, I want to be bigger than I am or better than I am. Well, sure, praise the Lord, it's a good thing to attain to. That's what we're moving towards. But we're, no matter how you deal with it, you're still on a timeline, so to speak, of spiritual development. And if you think that you're going to just jump up here and all of a sudden be king something. So what happens, the only reason that happens is because we've compared ourselves and we don't like where we're at at the moment. Now, you have nothing to be concerned about. There should be no worry. You're accepted right where you're at, and just let God grow you up. There's nothing to be concerned about. You don't have to be anybody else. That's the thoughts that come. I need to be this instead of this. God says, no, you don't. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to get here, and somewhere along the line now is an inroad for the enemy. Because there are things you never did work on, things you just avoided, things just, you kind of swept it under the rug, threw it in the closet, whatever, and just hoping nobody ever brings it up. 
then you have to understand that the enemy, see, that's why the belt of truth is so important. Go back to that belt of truth there. That's why it's so important, because the enemy knows what you're doing. That's facade. I got an in He's a sucker. I got him. It's only a matter of time. I'll just wait a little bit. Just wait a little bit. That's all I got to do. See, you've already, you played right into his hand. Because it's just a matter of time because you hadn't worked on this, you didn't work on this, you didn't work on this, you didn't work on this. Instead, hey, I've arrived. It's only a matter of time and those things are going to come up. Okay, now listen, you think that that's the only thing where there's facade? How about the guy over here on this end? Well, I can't ever amount to anything. I can't ever do anything. I, you know, I just ain't never going to you know, be anything. I just, I, just, I just can't get this stuff. No. See, you're on a timeline. You, you are growing, and you are developing. You just don't like where you're at. So what you do is you play the facade on this end. You know, I just, I just can't get this. just can't do this. I've tried all that stuff, and it just don't work for me. Now you're just playing. Now you're, now you're play acting. Get yourself back on the timeline where you belong. You know that better than that. Stop playing this game. Same thing. Same thing. So put on the belt of truth. Get real. All you is is you just don't like where you're at right now. You don't like what's going on. Now, listen, I've seen on both sides of this thing. And all it does is just, all it pays is just put on the belt. Get real. God is, God's already accepted you. You have nothing to prove to God. You have nothing to worry. You're already accepted. You're already received. You don't have to try to impress anybody. You don't have to, you know, be all concerned that everybody thinks I'm this when I'm not and all that kind of stuff. Just be real. Put the belt on. Now, I didn't ask everybody to go around and tell everybody where your issues are. Please don't. Okay, then I got a lot more issues, issues to deal with. All right, so don't, don't. But the thing is, you got to be real where you're at and be okay with it because God's okay with it. So here's the thing. This is why the belt of truth is so important. Because here comes the thoughts that you ain't where you should be or you want to be this or you want to, whatever. You, your thoughts run amok because the enemy's just throwing out little teasers trying to get you to bite. And you just need to tell him, shut up, devil. I'm okay right God's working on me right now. Praise the Lord. I'm growing and one day I will attain that. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm just growing. I'm developing. Praise God. So the belt of truth is important. Are you still with me? What's the next piece? Amen. Wasn't that quick? Was it quick enough, though? Anyway, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Everybody say the breastplate. Man, all the vitals. Uh, righteousness. Rightness. Righteousness. Justified. Justification. Uh, uh, right standing. Uh, having rights. All of that's that same word, what that word righteousness means. So put on the whole armor. Not only the belt of truth, you've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, that breastplate, okay, of righteousness is there because condemnation, guilt, and inferiority. And shame is another word in there. Okay? So, here comes the thoughts, okay? You're going along. You're moving along. Has anybody ever made a mistake? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody ever made a mistake? We've all made mistakes. And, you know, a lot of times, too, you know, uh, you know, and sometimes it's just flat out sin. You know, not every mistake's sin, but every sin's a mistake. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Sin is to know to do good and not to do it. So sin, you know, anytime you step into a place with what the Bible defines as sin, is you already knew it. You knew what you were doing, but you did it, okay? So what happens is now, 
you got convinced through a thought to fall under this, do this, do that, whatever, and you, 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 you did this. Or a mistake, something happened, and you, through a, a process of elimination in your own mind, you processed things, this seemed right, so you went ahead and did this, and all along, come, and then come to find out it was a mistake, I shouldn't have done that. Or a sin, knowing I shouldn't have done that. But now, see, the enemy, either way, the enemy has convinced you to go around. You took it, probably hook, line, and sinker, and now, what does he do? Because this is his tactic. Do not be ignorant of his tactics, of his mind games. That's how he works. Oh, my gosh, you did that? And you call yourself a Christian. He's the one that talked you into it. But he don't play f- I'm spitting all over my But he don't play fair. <laughs> he don't play fair. He don't play fair. So he, he somehow through a thought process gets you caught up in something and then hits you with condemnation, with shame, with, with guilt. And so God says, listen, I have something that is born out of me that I've given you, and it's called a breastplate of righteousness. Now, Jesus paid a price so you could have this. He made a way. So you can't earn righteousness, but what you can do is receive it. So he says, receive it, put on your breastplate, because it's crucial. Because this is where he comes. Most I've seen more Christians defeated in their walking God based on shame, based on condemnation, based on guilt, because somehow or another he's got them convinced, why I shouldn't have never, and then I did this, and I'm supposed to be a Christian, and I I just can't even do this stuff. And pretty soon you're caught up in it, and next thing you know, you're not going anywhere in God. And the enemy knows it. It's just a head trip, and all you did is you played into it. Put on the armor. Put on your breastplate. You are the righteousness of God. You are already in right standing. He already paid a price for you, praise God. So what you do is you put on that breastplate and you say, devil, shut up. Father, here's how easy it is. Devil, shut up. Father, forgive me. That was a dumb, stupid thing for me to do. Will you forgive me, sir? Thank you. I thank you. You're faithful and just to forgive me. And I receive that. And I thank you for it, sir. Praise God. Now, what's next? Praise God. Start moving, get ready to move forward. If you don't do that, you sit and you spin and you waller in it, and you never get anywhere. Somebody says, well, you're just giving everybody a license to sin. No, we're not giving anybody a license to sin. We're uh, We're not justifying sin. We're not somehow condoning sin or mistakes. Amen. We're telling you there's only one way out of it. It's called righteousness. Jesus made a way for you. So it's part of your armament. So you got to put it on because right here is where the enemy comes. The minefield is in your own head. Okay? Verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay? Uh, The feet being shod depends, you know, sometimes some of the different, uh, I'm not sure, is the, uh, does the old King James word that a little different? If I have the old King James on. Anyway, but your feet being shod, to shod your feet, okay? But uh, when you look that up, it 
It refers to a forward motion or taking ground or standing one's ground. But it refers to going, okay? Shod your feet is implying there needs to be some movement, okay? Now, the preparation or preparedness, okay, of the gospel of peace, okay? So, gospel meaning good news. Uh, the word peace, uh, reign, uh, which means wholeness or completeness. It means uh, divine order, bringing everything uh, in, in, into right order, okay? So, what he's saying is, that you got to keep the feet shod. you got to keep moving with these things. And so here's, here's where the thoughts come. Okay, I'm just Remember, we're dealing with thoughts today. We could, we could do a whole lot of, lot of things with all of these pieces. But we're dealing with just the area where the enemy comes. And here's where the enemy comes. Okay, I can't make a difference. I mean, my goodness, look at my life. There's no way I could, be, I could help anybody. Which is just a, a lie. It's just, it's just, it's just a lie it's a seed that the enemy's trying to plant in your head when all along, every one of us, every one of us in this room, everyone watching by internet or listening by internet, I'm telling you right now, if you got Jesus in your heart, then you have the goods. You can do something for somebody. You can make a difference. Because the idea is the enemy's trying to shut you down, get no movement out of you. What happens when there's no movement with you physically? We'll leave that alone. But anyway, right? Huh? It's the same thing spiritually. You know God, amen, but you're not going, you're not doing, you're not applying, you're not reaching out, you're not making a difference, so you, you lose purpose, you lose, I mean, you pretty soon you start losing contact with who you are in God. I mean, all that stuff begins to happen. The whole time, it's coming down to this. You bought a lie. You bought a thought. That says you can't make a difference or you can't do anything or you have nothing to offer. Yes, you do. Get your feet shot and get moving. Get involved. Amen. You'd be amazed. Listen, we're talking about overcoming. You'd be amazed at how many people overcome things in their life just by moving forward and helping somebody else. You'll, you'll be amazed at what problems you walk right on out of because you're walking toward helping somebody. And the enemy knows that. So what he does, he tries to, you know, get you to take the, take the shoes off. <laughs> okay. Ephesians 5, 8. Put that on the, verse, on, the, on the board, please. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 and verse 8, please. <clears throat> it says this. You were once darkness, but now you're, you are light in the Lord. So what do you do? Well, now you walk as children of light. Well, I don't feel like light, but you are light. You are salt. You are light. You make a difference. Amen. You have what it takes to make a difference. Now, you may not have all the answers, and that's what the enemy tries to do, too. He says, he says listen, you, you don't know enough. You know, I've been doing this a lot of years, and I'm pretty convinced most days I don't know enough. So what do you do? You just keep moving forward. You keep grabbing hold of it, and you keep learning. Come on, somebody. So somebody would say, well, I don't know enough, so I ain't going to do anything. So you do nothing. You do nothing to help. Well, what, what about this? What do I say if they ask me, what, well, what about this and what about that? What about this? What about that? You tell them, don't know. Well, I don't want to. Just say, I'll get back with you on that. Don't know that answer yet. But I'll, I'll look it up and see what we can come up with. Because I know one who does. 
I'm just saying, how, look how the enemy will shut you down. And the whole time you had what it takes, it may bring some freedom and liberty into another life, but because you didn't think you knew enough, they go unbound. And maybe you just missed an opportunity. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. For whatever it's worth, I put Ephesians, uh, pardon me, Joshua 1 up there. Put Joshua 1 just real quick. I'm going to read it because this is what he, no, 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 Josh, I'm sorry, I put verse 8. Put verse, uh, like 3, put verse 3. It says that, uh, did I put 8? I apologize. I think it's verse 3, I think it is. And it talks about uh, every, he told, he told Joshua, listen, every place the sole of your foot treads is yours. So, I'm just going to take ground, put my shoes on, go on out there, and help anybody I can. Come on, somebody. And if I don't know the answer, I'll tell them I don't know the answer. But we'll get back with you on that. Praise the Lord. Can I hear a big amen? All right, let's get to the next one. Praise God. Let's go to Ephesians, and what verse are we on now? Ephesians 6 and what, like verse 14 or something like that? Where are we at? 16 now. All right, praise the Lord. All right, above all, what? Taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Everybody say fiery darts. <laughs> how many know they're coming? I said, how many know they're coming? So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to have to put, pick up the shield of faith, praise God. Amen. Trust God here. Now, the fiery darts uh, means, uh, literally means missiles hurled. To quench uh, means to extinguish. Okay, so there are, there, are, uh, there are missiles being hurled towards you. Now, uh, the best way to look at this uh, is the fact that uh, here comes the doubts, here comes the fears, uh, here comes unbelief, these things. It all takes just one thing that hits, and, and you've got to take authority over it. Most of the time, it's fear-based thoughts. When you talk about a fiery dart, most of the time it's going to be a fear-based thought, okay? And, and for whatever reason, you're, you're fearful of something, you're scared about something, uh, you know, you, you're, you, somehow it overwhelms you to the place uh, that pretty soon now you're backing up, you've, you've now bought uh, 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 that, that unbelief thought, that doubt. All doubt is is a second thought. So the enemy's trying to hurl at you a fiery dart to get you to back up. Well, the Word says in 2 Timothy 1, that He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And have a sound mind. So when those thoughts try to come, when those fear-based thoughts try to hit, when that fiery diet tries, you lift up that shield of faith, you begin to make a declaration, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Praise God. What are you doing? Well, you lift that shield of faith. Quench that thing. Amen. See, if you lift that thing in, pretty soon that fear-based thought dictates. And before long, it's controlling you. Here he comes, right? A fiery dart. Just trying to shut you down. Lift up your shield. Everybody say, put on the armor. All right, praise God. I know we're going a little fast here, but verse 17. I got to get through it because next week I got something else I got to do. Sorry. All right. All right, take a helmet of salvation. Everybody say the helmet. helmet. Now, the word helmet here, um, 
uh, means an encircle, encirclement, but it means taking hold of the head or the seizing of the head. Okay, in other words, that's, this is where Paul talked about setting a mind. You have to put on a helmet, start setting your mind. You're going to have to start grabbing hold of that thing and set it. Now, the word salvation here is different than, than most words. Uh, the words soteria, instead, this word salvation is soterion, okay, which means defense, defender, or to defend or preserve. Okay, so he's saying here that things are coming that you're going to have to, you're going to have to preserve, you're going to, have to defend, you're going to have to protect, because here comes the thoughts. All right. So in this uh, in this particular deal, uh, I just the best way I could bring it up, and I'm just you know for whatever, uh, it's like this. It's about negativity. Because here comes, the reason being, the reason that you got to defend it, because here comes deceptions, seductions, and evil reports. <sighs> evil reports. That's all it takes. One evil report, and, and we're caught up in it. And next thing you know, we're, it's like this, okay? We're, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, standing your ground even, even politically. And if you don't watch it, you get all caught up in it. Pretty soon you're all, come on. Pretty soon you're caught up in it. And now it's, now it's trying to dictate, instead of just stand your ground, be who you are, amen, take authority, come on now, and don't get yourself all negative and down on everybody and everything that moves. Negativity. Set your mind on things above. Well, that's, that's a negative thing. Yes, it is a negative thing. It's an ugly thing. It's a bad thing. It shouldn't be there. Uh, but you've set your mind on things above. Now take authority over it and do what you got to do. But if you get caught up in the negativity of it, pretty soon you're not releasing faith anymore. All you're is releasing gripe. Murmur. Complaining. Come on, somebody. There's no faith in that. And all you do is then cruise around a wilderness for 40 years. Come on, because we'd rather murmur, gripe, and complain instead of do something about it. But that's the way the thoughts come. So the enemy goes, yeah, that thing going on over there, yeah, that thing over there, see that? Yeah, isn't it horrible? Yes, it is. It's horrible. Well, yeah, it's horrible. Pretty soon get you all caught up. Before long, all you can do is talk about how ugly everything is. Come on, somebody. Instead of using your faith, it is ugly. We're not changing the fact that it was ugly. It shouldn't be going on. It shouldn't be happening. But you're going to have to use your faith. Otherwise, we're going to be no different than the world. And the enemy would love for you to just get in there and bicker and complain and murmur and gripe because he knows you don't get nothing done when that happens. But you use your faith. You become a voice, praise God. But you do it by faith in God. And you do your part. You take your stand. And as God leads, you do what God says to do, praise God. Amen. You're not running from a fight. You stay there, praise God. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Everybody say, put on the, put on the armor. Last one, let's look at this. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now we've got, now we're talking about the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. It becomes a weapon. The Word of God becomes your weapon. I said the Word of God becomes your weapon. Yeah. Ephesians 4, or probably Hebrews 4 uh, talks about that that, that that word is like a, a sword, all right? Two-edged sword. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing in division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, put uh, 
there's a Revelations 1. There's actually several places. We, we even got a prophecy of it too. But, but talking about Jesus uh, said this, that he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. So, uh, and his countenance was like a shining sun in its strength, a two-edged sword. So do you think Jesus actually is coming back with a, a two-edged sword going in and out of his mouth? What's it talking about? The Word of God. Amen. Amen. He used the Word like, like a sharp two-edged sword. Amen. Uh, put Matthew 4, uh, verse, uh, I think like 3, uh, put that up there. It says, now when the tempter came to Jesus, okay, remember when he went out in the Mount of Temptation? Remember that whole deal? He said, if you, and this is what the devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Well, Jesus didn't get all caught up in that. He just pulled out the sword. I said, he just pulled out the sword. He wasn't gonna, we're not going to sit here and try to get some battle of wits and you know, get in some debate and all that kind of stupid stuff. He just said, listen, devil, I have something right here for you. Let me just pull this out and show you something here. See this? Pretty sharp. I'm going to hurt you. It is written. It is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written. It is written. See, the enemy wants you, wants to, wants you to get caught up with everything. But it is written. It is written. So what, what we got to do is we got to use the word. Amen. Like a two-edged sword. The same way it worked for Jesus is the same way it worked for you and me. You go further on in that story in, in Matthew 4 there, uh, he, he, he gets tempted. The enemy comes at him in a different direction. He said, it is written. Comes at him in a different direction. It is written. The word says he left until he could find a better opportunity. He never got one until Jesus was ready to lay down his life. And that's the same thing. That's how it works for you and me. The enemy tries to come and hit you with thoughts and hit you with things, and you have to say, it is written. Take a stand. Amen. And you say, well, I, what if I don't know what was written? Well, isn't it wonderful that we have a Bible? Isn't it wonderful that we have all these study helps? Isn't it wonderful that we have all these books that tell, tell us the promises of God? Amen. Isn't it wonderful that we have iPads? That you just touch a little thing and it just bloop, bleeps up. And you touch another little thing and bloop, it bleeps up. And you go, well, that's what it means. Or there's the verse right there. And you could literally like this. You're, this is what you're doing. You're just literally, even in today's uh, devil, uh, it says here that I have authority over you. It says here that you have no place here. It says right here that I'm the healed. It says right here I'm the deliverer. Well, heck, it says right here that God provides. Well, looky, looky, look what it says. And so the whole time what you're doing, using your sword, amen, to take that enemy out instead of buying some thought that keeps you captive, amen, you stand your ground, put on your armor, pull out your sword, and let's go to town. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. Didn't do too bad. A few minutes over, but oh well. Praise the Lord. Put on the armor. Put on the armor. Put your faith in that. Trust that armor. Amen. It's there for a reason. 
It does work. The armor works. The armor works. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. We're grateful, Lord God, that you've given us some armament. We thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Spirit. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we just give you praise for each piece of that armor. We're thankful, Lord God, that we can walk free from the demonic influence, those thoughts that he tries to, to nail us with and hold us uh, captive with. Praise God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are truly overcomers. Amen. And we overcome with our faith and our confidence in you and in the armor that you've given us. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Praise God. Well, turn to... Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.